Welcome everyone to this first episode of our Advent series in the First Lutheran Podcasts. I'm Pastor Jeff Backer and I'll be facilitating our conversation as we work our way through the season of Advent in our podcast series. Each week uh, we'll release a different podcast on a different topic surrounding the season of Advent. The theme for our Advent this year is Savior of the Nations Come and each week we'll focus in on a a little bit different uh, focal in that as well. In the first week of Advent, we'll be focusing in on uh, Christ Will Come, and I'll be joined by Dr. Stephen Paulson from Luther House of Study as we'll discuss what is Advent? Uh, Why is it important for us in the church and in this season of the church to recognize the season of Advent uh, when everyone wants to be focused in on Christmas. And, and so I look forward to that discussion. Advent is the beginning of the liturgical calendar year uh, for the church. And for this year, we'll be focusing in on the Gospels of Matthew. This is what we call year A. And the uh, text that we'll be focusing in on each Advent Sunday will come from the Gospel of Matthew. And the first one comes from Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44, and it encourages us in the necessity for watchfulness. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And so now we'll turn to our conversation as we welcome Dr. Stephen Paulson to our podcast. Dr. Paulson is the Uh, Chair of Lutheran Theology for Luther House of Study at Sioux Falls Seminary. He is a well-known systematic theologian and Luther scholar, and I am blessed to be joined by you today, Dr. Paulson. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, I always uh, joke a little bit with you because, of course, you were my systematics professor, and so uh, I I tell people that if they have any problem with my theology or my preaching, they they have to come to you. So yes, well, I don't accept that blame from every for everyone, but I'll take it from you. Yes. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, we're gathered here today to talk a little bit about Advent and uh, a little, you know, kind of the challenges that we have and uh, in how understanding why Advent came to be, uh, kind of the history around it. Uh, I know that at times we struggle in our culture with why do we need to take pause and actually even uh, kind of recognize this season in the church year? Uh, Because, of course, if we look around us, uh, starting even as early as Halloween, everybody wants to be in Christmas. I mean, it's kind of where we're directed. So so let's kind of jump into that history and the beginnings and Well, I I think maybe the first is that Advent is not really a pause before Christmas. It's really hitting the gas faster. 
And the, the reason that happened was because of Lutherans when it came to Advent. So by the time uh, that uh, Luther comes on the scene and Lutherans begin their evangelical teaching, this new evangelical teaching, uh, Advent became a serious matter right away uh, because it was there in the Latin rite, the, the, the rite that the papacy used, and the, therefore all of uh, Christ, Christianity until Luther, really. And there was Advent, and Advent was a second penitential season that was a copy or holdover from, uh, from the, the uh, true penitential uh, season uh, in, uh, coming up to uh, the crucifixion of Jesus and Holy Week. And so the season of Lent. So Lent uh, was the, the first penitential season. That means uh, the first season that is dedicated to repenting yourself uh, and therefore preparing. And then Advent became an add-on version of that. And in point of fact, nobody knows where it came from exactly, and nobody knows how it appeared. And then suddenly, in the only written documents we've got, we start seeing it. Um, so, you know, it, it can be even as late as uh, 900, 1,000, which is a long time, actually. And then suddenly Advent uh, pops up in a few places, mainly in modern-day France. And uh, suddenly people are trying to take the Lenten practice of fasting, in particular, to prepare for the big event of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and then his resurrection. And then they decided they were going to put this in front of Christmas because Christmas was the other big day. So uh, unlike uh, Jews who had three big days of celebration, the Christians had two big uh, days of celebration with a number of other things added, but it was Christmas and it was uh, Easter. And uh, we got uh, Advent uh, added on as a way of preparing for Christmas. Sure. So early on, um, like you said, I mean, there's no... Uh, institution of Lent in the Bible. I mean, Christ doesn't, you know, he isn't on the Sermon on the Mount saying, here is your church calendar. And we mm -hmm. see that uh, kind of form in the uh, the first millennia after uh, Christ. Uh, certainly, as you've touched on, you know, Advent became after, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Emperor uh, Justinian who declared, you know, Christmas to be December 25th. And then kind of some councils and discussion after that, you had this formation of what what would it mean to lead up to Christmas at that point, and Advent became that season. Like you said, uh, in the early Catholic Church, it became a, a penitent season, a season of fasting and preparation and, and those things that, that we have come to hear it as. Yeah, and um, one of the great things about that, and you hear it, you always see it in the newspaper uh, just before Christmas, that somebody who is a so-called atheist will write in and try to inform Christians that uh, the 25th of uh, December is no special date except for the fact that it's pagan in, ori uh, in, in, uh, in origin. Right. Uh, it has nothing sacred to do, and Jesus, we, we have no idea which day it actually was or anything like that. But uh, Christians do a good job of this. They steal from the pagans regarding uh, what it means to actually have a calendar according to the moon or according to the sun, and then figure out uh, what to do on those days. And anybody who's living uh, as far north as uh, as we live uh, around uh, First Lutheran will know that uh, that it's getting really dark, and something should be done. Uh, and so uh, here we've got Christmas. Right. 
And then Advent gets uh, tacked on because the idea is that there has to be a preparation before there's an event. And now the issue is, what is a preparation? Right. And the, the people that, that filled in a preparation were monks. And the monks who are the, one, the ones who came in and said, well, you know how you get ready for a big event? Um, just before you have the great big banquet, you have to stop eating. <laughs> so uh, you, you, have to, you have to cut yourself off from food before you just uh, completely <laughs> dive in. Right. And this is going to prepare you. So fasting became the main issue both in Lent and also in Advent. And, uh, and, and fasting was one of the main issues by the time Martin Luther is on the scene. Okay. So Martin Luther comes on the scene. He grows up in all of this. Now, not only does he grow up in it, and so he knows that there is fasting to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ, but now he enters the monastery and he's going full bore on this. So that uh, now the whole set of questions in Advent come. Do you only, do you only fast for three days? Or do you do the whole uh, nine yards and you do it for a full month and so on? And Luther, of course, always wanted to go all the way with this. Right. And so fasting was the preparation so that you, you, um, you took the human desires, uh, in this case primarily the desire to eat, and you tried to contain it. And that this was the practice that you needed to use uh, so that the law could be used to be your preparation mm-hmm. for the coming of the gospel. Now, this is very interesting. Then finally, when Luther breaks through and he hears what the gospel is, now he's going to come back and he's he- going to hear preparation in a very different way. Yeah. And now that's where we are with the issue of we've got a big event coming. It's Christmas. We want to have a huge feast, and we want a, a great celebration because this is Emmanuel. This is Christ uh, dwelling among us. And now we uh, raise the question, how do you prepare for something like that? Do you? Uh, uh, can you do that? Um, and in particular, here was the nub. If you're preparing for the coming of Christ on Christmas and you're celebrating Today is the day of his birth, even though you know you don't know the exact day and so on. Then, uh, then you must uh, practice waiting. And waiting seems to be the proper preparation. And in point of fact, in our human lives, we actually have to practice things like this. We have to learn, we have to especially teach uh, young boys in particular, how to delay gratification. If you don't learn how to delay gratification, then you actually become a monster because you are seeking constantly to fill a desire and you never postpone it long enough to recognize that not only can you not get everything that you want, but things are better in the end when you wait, 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 and then they arrive. Now, that's a human truth. Mm -hmm. That's a psychological matter. It's also a social matter about how it is that we're conveying things in the law. And what an interesting thing to recognize is true. Nevertheless, we now have to ask the question, how does that actually relate to the gospel? And is it the same thing? Do we, do we hold back from the gospel and then we get it in a better, more powerful form? Is that what we're doing? 
Are we delaying the gospel? And when you delay the gospel, what in the world then are you saying and how are you teaching people to wait? And now we have the whole issue of how can we use Advent when we know uh, that the gospel has already come. Christ is already here and he's not going away. Nevertheless, we want to take it to our advantage and say, we're not going to operate like the monks operated any longer. We're not going to use it to delay gratification, though that is an important element in human life. And uh, we we are going to learn then what is truly important and the way to preach it so that we know the immediate presence of Christ and we know we're not waiting for that. Uh, now we can talk about preparation another way. Right. So we were talking a little bit about how, um, before we kind of jump into that, uh, the golden nugget of, of uh, Advent, we were talking a little bit about how Advent has evolved in, in the history of the church. That, again, uh, like you had stated originally, it was kind of a synonymous with Lenten practices and some of the things that we kind of focus on there. But even if you go back and read in the time of Luther, you're going to hear a very different tone to what the Advent message was than even what it is today. And that's primarily because of how the lectionaries changed, the, you know, how we look at Scripture and the verses that we use to support Advent, stuff like that. Um, talk a little bit about that, if you would. In Luther's day, the lectionary had been set for quite a long time, and Luther didn't see the necessity of changing that. Um, There are all kinds of reasons why that was the case, but in part it was that there were enough enough, uh, texts uh, used that could more or less get us through the key teachings in the gospel so that we didn't have to mess with the way that it had been organized. And uh, that was also true of Advent. So when Luther was uh, preaching Uh, he had heard the same text preached on the same Sundays in Lent, and normally they are four Sundays uh, leading up to Christmas, and they were all set up in the same way, so that the first uh, lesson of the new church year, which then begins on the first Sunday of Advent, was always the arrival of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem on the donkey, Mm -hmm. uh, which then fulfilled the great uh, promise of Zechariah and elsewhere as well, of Jesus Christ entering Jerusalem. And this was the place and the, 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 the location for beginning the whole church story. Interestingly enough, what we've got now in a changed lectionary since Luther's day is to begin at the end. Mm-hmm. And you start with the final judgment. Right. Now that itself is uh, very interesting. It was a choice uh, made not by Lutherans. It was a choice made by the Second Vatican Council and the uh, alterations made in the Roman liturgy. And then the Protestant interest in ecumenical relationships with Rome Uh, um, dominated this part of the discussion of what text should go in uh, for Advent. And now we have one form or another of the end of of the world, uh, the final judgment, and then the signs uh, supposedly leading up to that. 
and uh, we have to figure out the difference because that's it's a very different thing to talk about than to preach about Jesus Christ entering Jerusalem on the on the donkey with hallelujah. Right. And then in the second Sunday, you would have uh, the uh, uh, something similar to what we've got now, which are two Sundays of John the Baptist. Right. However, the two Sundays of John the Baptist uh, tended to be... Um, uh, the first one was the uh, Sunday of uh, repent. Um, so usually Matthew four, and uh, then the uh, discussion uh, uh, really gets interesting for Lutherans because it was that particular text, Second Advent, that Luther used for the uh, the uh, nailing of the ninety-five theses, right. yeah. and the whole discussion of what it possibly meant for Jesus to say repent, because the Roman Bible in Latin for all of those years, for for uh, almost a thousand years by that time, had said that this was uh, it was not repent, it was uh, do penance, yeah. and so that's the way Luther uh, learned it. But one of the changes that Lutherans uh, made is uh, is to uh, is to change that word to repent. Then the, then the third Sunday was the Sunday in which John would finally point over to Christ, uh, the Lamb of God. And then the, uh, the fourth Sunday normally was a Sunday in which uh, you would, uh, you would uh, preach the, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ himself, right. or at least begin the preparation for it. Yeah. Now, how we do that uh, is important. For Lutherans who come into it, we now learn how to distinguish law and gospel, and that means distinguishing preparation uh, according to the law and preparation according to the gospel. Absolutely. And the quick thing is, how do you prepare for the gospel? Answer, you don't. You don't. Why not? Well, it comes as a thief in the night. Right. <laughs> this is, Jesus says this, this straight out. And when the thief comes, he steals uh, what belongs to another, which right. of course is what Christ is doing with us. Here now we turn everything to the presence of Christ without waiting, the sudden arrival of the gospel to our uh, dismay initially because we feel we're not ready, and then suddenly the breaking in of this promise, which none of us could ever have expected, that uh, it is not on the basis of how we have prepared, whether we have our light burning or anything else, whether we have read the signs or not. Now it, uh, it depends entirely on the particular promise he gives to us. Well, and, that's, and we especially hear what you've just said in that very opening uh, gospel text from Matthew. It's the text on watchfulness. No one knows the hour, not even the angels, not even the sun. That's right. So good luck, uh, good luck waiting or right. preparing, right? Uh, or putting off. This is not going to happen this way, and it is going to happen in Christ's time, not your own. Correct. So uh, there's always the question, and whether you knew this or not, when I was sitting in your classes, um, I always ask, "What does this have to do with the guy sitting in the second pew?" What am I speaking today, uh, or what is Advent speaking today that means all the difference? And I think you've started into that. 
Yeah, here's the best way to do it. In fact, we have to use the liturgy this way. Remember, the liturgy is organized so that you tell all of the stories of the gospel, but you tell them as if they're happening in present time. And so you say, today Jesus was born, or you say, today Christ is risen. Well, in point of fact, we know that Christ arose quite a long time ago. Right. Uh, right. And he doesn't have to do this once again on each lectionary day. Same thing with his birth. Nevertheless, we understand that this is the way human beings operate. They think of everything in cycles and repetition, which is a legal way of organizing. We all have to do it. Whether we're in the first pew, second pew, or back pew, this is the way we think of everything. Right. And so we think of everything going in its seasons. Everything has a season. Everything is organized this way. Fine. When we come to the liturgy, we organize it this way. And we now say things like we're getting ready for the coming of Christ and so on. However, when we're preachers in particular, what we do is take that, which is dramatic, and it lays it out in story form, and then... We cut into it. We break into it. So the way we do this is we say, we set up our Advent, and then we say, we're waiting, we're preparing. Then the preacher comes in and says, ha-ha, too late. Right. Christ has already Christ come. Has come. Now, you wouldn't know that or you couldn't do it unless you had a preacher who came into the middle of this. And then they say, we love the liturgy, except, excuse me, I now have to, now, uh, I now have to speak to you in a different way right. so that you can actually hear Christ speaking to you right here and right, right now. And he says, I'm not waiting anymore. Then you say, well, uh, Christ, wouldn't you agree that, you know, uh, materialism has overtaken things and the and uh, and American life wants us to prepare and get ready and so on uh, he says I don't care about all of that uh, I come as a thief in the night and when I come as a thief in the night it is of course unexpected it's in the night it's when you're sleeping I told you to stay awake and lo and behold what do I find sleepers sleepers I told you to keep your lamp burning no, you ran out. Right. Uh, and in each case, Christ nevertheless arrives. So this is the way I put it. When we, we use the liturgy and we lay it out in this form, then we break it. And the only one who uh, is allowed to break it is not uh, the person in the second pew who says, I don't want to do Advent this, time, this season around. I want to do something else. No, you say, you sit in that second pew and you do Advent and you do it in the proper time. However, the preacher now is going to come in and say, lo and behold, I have a new word. Uh, you don't have to wait any longer. In fact, uh, if Jesus Christ waited for you, uh, there would be no end to it. So he says, I'm coming to get you. Second pew, whatever. Uh, and uh, here's what you'll do as a preacher. That's why we actually bring a preached word into that service. And that preached word is not going to be playing a drama. Let's pretend that Jesus hasn't been born. Right. That's a drama. Let's, uh, let's have people dress up in, uh, in Joseph's clothes and so on. We'll get the kids to play out the drama. Those are dramas. But when you come in and give the uh, preaching and proclamation, you say, what does uh, Jesus uh, say when he says, here are the signs. The earthquakes will come. The end is coming. Then he says, look up. The gospel is near. Then you say, how near? Ah, here it's come. 
Then you lay it out and you say, I have a great promise from a Christ who has not already been, not only already been born, but has already died and been raised, and he has come this day, this time, this hour, to give this promise to you. I forgive you all your sins. Now you've got the end of uh, Advent in the middle of Advent, and you have broken in to what otherwise is the normal human process of thinking about everything according to the law. Yeah. Luther was once quoted as saying there would be no room for faith if we could prepare. Exactly. So the, the fact that Christ comes in the middle of the night to steal from us means that he is going to give us faith and not a reward for good behavior. Right. And that, uh, that comes very differently than all of the preparations that come. So when, uh, when, you know, when, when Christ in Matthew says, look up, uh, he means, you don't, I, if you don't look up, uh, I'm not coming. It means I am here already. Now behold my face because I look upon you now, not with uh, anger and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and the threat of the law. I now look upon you with my full favor. So now this is the breaking in to Advent. That means that, uh, that whether it's in our music or whether it's in our uh, preaching, uh, we are always finding ways of breaking the normal pattern. But we don't get rid of the pattern. We use the pattern to break in. If you didn't have a pattern and weren't doing an Advent, then nobody would know anything about uh, the fact that Jesus has arrived in a surprising fashion in the middle of the night. Right. And he has something different to say to you than you thought before. So I tell everybody, dress up, uh, get you, get, you know, uh, you can even fast. Even fasting is, uh, is, uh, serves a good purpose every now and then. Uh, but of course, it isn't going to bring Christ in. And when he comes, he's going to say the same thing. Why are you fasting? The bridegroom is here. When the bridegroom is here, you don't fast. You feast. You feast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today as uh, we have had our initial discussion about this season of Advent and what it means. I thank Dr. Stephen Paulson for his time and insight and, of course, his way of bringing uh, God's proclamation in ways that uh, are, are very impactful and, and meaningful for us. I invite you again to join us next week on First Lutheran Podcast as we'll take up the second week of Advent. Uh, the theme of the second week is Christ Has Come, and I will be joined by uh, Bishop Costanza Hagmeyer, our new bishop of the South Dakota Synod, uh, as we take up talking about some of the traditions of Advent, why uh, the, the Advent wreath came to be, why we celebrate with the colors we do and some other things. Uh, interestingly, uh, Bishop Hagmeyer was born in Germany, raised in Germany, and uh, many of the traditions surrounding some of these ways that we celebrate Advent are founded in German traditions. So I look forward to our conversation with her. Until next time, thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.